G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. As we do on a Monday, we like to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby and get a handle on the political agenda as it looks from the view of the Christian Lobby. Wendy Francis is National Director of Politics at the ACL. Wendy's back with us. Wendy, welcome along to 2020. Thanks for having me, Neil. And I, first of all, I'm so sorry for any disappointment that it's not Michelle today. I feel very much the B-rated one today. But <laughs> Michelle, um, there's just been so many demands on her time. Uh, so she sees vision as a priority. I know she does. And I think she's hoping to catch up with you even in the next couple of days, Neil. Well, we'll look forward to that. And I'm sure that there are a lot of listeners who might even be sitting on the edge of their seat saying, hey, I've heard a lot about this lady, Michelle Pierce, <laughs> And uh, we're looking forward to meeting her in person and just hearing her heartbeat. So, yes, we'll look forward to that, Wendy. And look, you're never the B-grade uh, second <laughs> fiddle. You are, in fact, uh, you know, you've been actually at the helm uh, since the changes happened uh, in an acting role. And look, you've handled yourself beautifully in that so uh, Michelle will be absolutely blessed undoubtedly to have your support as uh, things are ongoing with the ACL. Hey Wendy the biggest 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 issue and I know that it's almost hard to overstate how important this is but there's some stuff happening with the uh, with the Calvary Hospital in the ACT so uh, for those who are living in uh, in and around Canberra um, this is really, really big. Uh, there's been some moves. There's been some uh, some more legislation that's passed in the Parliament in the ACT. Give us an update on what's happened with Calvary Hospital. Yeah, like it, it has been huge. And one of the disappointments for me is that uh, it has not gone into the federal, into the national media, because this really is a national issue and it affects every single Australian and not just Australians of faith either Neil this is really important for every Australian but the media have tried to keep it very Canberra centric and I don't think it's just the media I think it's uh, certainly the Labor Party have tried to keep this very Canberra centric but normally what happens when uh, a new bill is passed I'm going to start there a new bill is brought into a parliament and in this case it was the ACT parliament. There is a two-month procedure of uh, discussing this new bill, uh, working it through committee, allowing submissions. The ACT government passed legislation to allow them to completely bypass that process. So the democratic process has been scrapped. Not only that, but they um, so they've passed this bill, they moved this motion, and what they've done is just moved straight in and they've wanted to take over the Calvary Hospital. Now, they've made it really clear. They're sort of pushing back on this and saying, no, 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 we never meant that. But in their report on the Calvary Hospital, they've made it really clear that they see the religious ideology as being very problematic. 
And their religious ideology, basically what it boils down to is that they don't do elective abortions and neither have, they've made it very clear, neither will they participate in euthanasia. The ACT government is trying to bring in very radical euthanasia legislation. The Calvary Hospital said, look, that won't be part of what we offer at the Calvary Hospital. And the government have just said, well, that's not good enough. We're taking over the hospital. Uh, Wendy, other biblical things that are very problematic here, and this has got to be problematic for the ACT government because, and for listeners, and uh, coming back to this, we've mentioned this before, but um, people say, well, well, those biblical commandments, what do they really mean to us today? Well, here's, uh, here's a real prime example, isn't it? Because biblical commandments, and let's just name two of them, thou shalt not steal, and the Tenth Commandment, thou shalt not covet your neighbor's property. Two biblical mm-hmm. commandments being broken as a government tries to take over the private assets owned by the church. And as you say, it's not just the church people or Christians who are here at risk. Uh, in fact, every single Australian now ought to be uh, shaking in their boots in some sense because here you have a government that is breaking two commandments uh, which are really planks of our Western civilization. The fact that we have private ownership in the West is because of those biblical commandments. That's how you conduct yourself. You can't steal everybody else's property. There's something here, Wendy. I wonder whether you've got any thoughts on that because this is what makes this such a big, big deal. Exactly, because there is a just process. So there's a process of justice that people have to go through and governments are not immune to that. But what the government has done here now is moved legislation. They've passed motions. They've done all of this um, overnight, basically. Uh, the, the uh, you know the Catholic um, priests are describing this as like as a as a pre-dawn raid. That's what they're describing it as. And they've come in and they've done all of this because they've got the numbers. They've been in in government over 20 years here in the ACT and without any consultation, without even any pre-warning, they've just come in and, and acquired the hospital. But the Calvary Hospital, the Catholic Church, thousands of Canberrans, but not only that, across the nation are pushing back on this because they've crossed a line that I think... Um, ordinary Australians can see this is really serious because if they're coming for the hospital, who are they coming for next? And certainly schools, um, well, they've already, the, the ACT government have actually already indicated that they they are not uh, ruling out taking over the, the Catholic hospice as well. And, and again, at a time when they're wanting to introduce radical euthanasia laws, that thought is sending chills down people's spine. But they have done all this in a way that has made Peter Dutton, the opposition leader, the federal opposition leader, come out and speak very strongly against it. And very surprisingly, um, someone who professes to be Catholic himself, the Prime Minister, has supported the ACT government on this. And this has really surprised people, drawing a very, very um, distinct line between the two parties, I can tell you. Wendy, if the hospital was badly run and patients' health was at risk, we might even think that there was some legitimacy to the thought that there could be a takeover. But from what I understand, uh, the Calvary Hospital is one of the best-run hospitals in the ACT. It might even be one of the best-run in the country. Uh, Any thoughts here? Because uh, this is obviously, as you mentioned, uh, a, a pointed 
directive that's aimed at the pro-life position that those in that hospital take on abortion and euthanasia. Any thoughts here about how well-run the hospital is and uh, if there's any legitimacy at all for the ACT government to take over? No, and this is what's got people so irate, because, and this is what's brought out people, whether they're of faith or not of faith, because they're saying, if you want compassion and care, you go to the Calvary Hospital. If you want to be treated like a number and you want to be treated as this is a cost to the government, you go to the to the government hospital, the government-run hospital. There is a very clear distinction. The government-run hospital has a has a, a very questionable, if not bad, reputation. The opposite is so for Calvary. And so people are saying, what have they done that makes this so urgent for you to take over? They're spending millions of dollars on on um, consultants to even try and get their way around all of this, Neil. And and what all the time, all the while. While they're spending millions on consultants, there are people on waiting lists at the public hospital, the the federal hospital, the national hospital. Sorry, the government one, to um, waiting for their waiting for treatment, and yet they're spending millions of dollars on consultants. So people are angry, uh, but as I say, this should not be just something that's based in Canberra. This is a national issue, and not only is it a national and federal issue, it also is a warning as to how the government is going to approach their religious discrimination bill. Because if the if the Prime Minister is not even prepared to stand up for Calvary Hospital as a religious institution with their conscientious objection rights, then it's very concerning as to where he will go with the religious discrimination bill. Uh, Wendy, there's been a couple of gatherings, uh, protests, demonstrations. Uh, you, uh, What's your impression of what has happened in Canberra? Because as I understand, there's been a pretty good turnout to those and uh, people obviously just getting to grips with what really is happening here. When it first broke on the Friday before um, the weekend, so the Friday we announced let's get together in a town hall meeting. The Catholic um, Church gave us the use of their hall. We we so we announced that on the Friday. On the Monday, when we had when we could gather at the hall, it was standing room only. And when I say standing room only, it's so much so that when I got up to speak, I said that there is now a spare seat in the front row if someone would like to come and sit there and an older person came and sat there. That's how standing room only it was. So there was that in the Catholic Church. We've had two demonstrations outside the Legislative Council. Again, very well attended, um, very vocal crowd. Uh, we had the um, the acting opposition leader for the ACT, the Liberal guy, Jeremy Hansen. He came and he, he came over to me and he said, this is actually the first protest I've ever been to. And I said to him, well, you picked a good one. Um, so it was a really good protest, uh, both, both times, really good. Wendy, reluctant to even move on because this topic is so important. Yeah. I wonder if you've got encouragement for those Christian-run organisations, whether they're being run by the Catholic Church, uh, there's lots of church hospitals, and uh, listeners will identify where they are in their own communities. Uh, But to this idea of standing firm, uh, even on these pro-life positions, this is really raising, isn't it, the difference between a secular-run institution and a Christian-run institution around the level of health care because in a Christian-run institution there is a dimension of compassion, 
of the certain, you know, there's that, uh, the idea of the good Samaritan, uh, the love of your neighbour, that people are valuable. Uh, what's your encouragement to people who are part of Christian-run organisations, whether they be hospitals or aged care or churches uh, or schools, uh, to be able to just hold firm and not be moved on some of these issues that we're being buffeted by right now? I think it's so important for us to start drawing that line and saying, no, we will not go further. Um, one of the problems that we have with institutions such as hospitals and a healthcare facility, but also schools, is that there is funding from the government involved. And so often organisations are hesitant to come out too strong against the government because there is funding. But we need to understand that we can actually call the government's bluff on this because they can't operate all of these institutions without faith-based um, groups. They really can't. And so what the Calvary Hospital and the Catholic Church have done is that they've brought in the law. They've, they've gone and they've, they've brought in an injunction. So at the moment, the uh, ACT government are actually locked out of the Calvary Hospital. They can't take possession of it until Wednesday this week. And then on Wednesday, there will be, it will go to court and they will decide whether or not this is law legally um, taken over or not. And so, you know, I, I just am so grateful to the Catholic Church. I'm so proud of them for actually saying, no, no, you're not going to do this without a fight. And so the other thing that I would encourage organisations about is that there is the Human Rights Law Alliance. They are, they are a pro bono legal firm that take on people's cases if they are being discriminated against on the basis of faith. And so I would encourage people, if you think that there is, that you are alone, you are not. There are people who are standing up now and saying, no, we will not allow this, not just for the sake of our Australian people who we love, but for the glory of God. We want, and, and the message of God going forward, we want our children to live in a country that is free. We want our children to live in a country that is able to hear the gospel without being uh, stopped from, from that message being able to go forward. We want our children to live in a country where Christians can still give the compassion of Christ in a health situation, in a school situation, in an aged care facility, in a palliative care facility. We will not allow this to happen without a fight. Well, there's a challenge there for every single listener, uh, not just leaders, because if we don't have a voice, if it's not heard in the corridors of power, uh, there's a likelihood that there could be a riding roughshod over those things that we would hold uh, true and uh, and hold very tightly to, and those certainly those issues around pro-life that happen in those Christian-run health institutions. Hey, let's move on. There's another issue or two quickly to just to, to touch on. There could be a turning tide uh, in the uh, in in the the way that gender-confused children are being treated. Uh, thoughts here, Wendy. What's the latest? Yeah, I think you and I have talked about this before, Neil, on a number of occasions, and we've said to each other that this is one of those uh, fights that we can see that we will win maybe sooner than later because what's happening is that the results are evident, that we have children now who are, have been on puberty blockers, we have children who have undergone surgeries, we have children who are now getting into their um, early adult years and are facing this incredible regret. 
we also have the science coming out we've got the we've got the scientists we've got um, academics coming out and saying how incredibly um wrong this is and how incredibly damaging it is and so we've now got um a barrister for instance in victoria who's come out and delivered this a scathing paper against what is happening with this affirmation treatment we've got um the australian newspaper is coming out with uh, article after article of saying that this is the worst medical scandal in a hundred years and so the tide is turning we've been working on this for a long time we've taken mothers into parliament who have ch children who have identified as transgender and are, are regretful of that and so there is there is a tide there is a gathering movement um, and I can see that this will this will change. But in the meantime, while we keep on going on this path, and Australia seems to be behind the global move to, to stop this, while we go on this path, more and more children are being damaged. And so there is no time to waste. We can't delay in trying to get this turned around. So the affirmation model of treatment is wrong, it's harmful, and uh, is likely to be seen as the worst medical scandal in a hundred years. And uh, mm. it'll be a good reason, too, for listeners today to do whatever actions are necessary to make their voice heard. Uh, there was a petition, 28,000 Australians signed that petition. No doubt there'll yeah. be more initiatives, and I'll point people to the ACL website where they can participate in those. And, hey, Wendy, uh, just one quick one. Uh, the South Australian government's response to Sarah Game's motion on gender uh, last week, what was the upshot of that? So again, we elect these people into Parliament and we expect them to have a level of intelligence and we, we can't even get parliamentarians in South Australia to decide on whether pronouns um, can be male and female. So Sarah Game, she is a South Australian Upper House member and she put forward a motion just to say, look, there are two sexes and we can use gendered pronouns. When it came to the vote, it was voted down. Like, you sort of look at this and you just think to yourself, how can we ignore scientific reality to this extent that we can't use gendered pronouns? There is male and female. That is how God created us. Whether or not you are a religious person, that is the obvious scientific bio biological reality. And yet we can't get gendered pronouns being used in our in our top echelons of of um of government. Uh, well, Wendy, just great at getting your insights. There's so much more we could cover. I'm, I mean, yeah. uh, just for Tasmanian listeners, uh, there is a sign that welcomes people at the Hobart airport, and mm. the sign says, Welcome to Hell. And uh, it's all about that Dark Mofo festival that's coming up. And uh, and we haven't got time to talk about that now. We'll see if we can follow that through, uh, perhaps even with the uh, ACL Tasmanian director and uh, get some detail for listeners. But uh, that's really a concerning development as well as to what's happening when you greet visitors at the Hobart Airport. But for those other issues, and these are big and important issues, I'll point listeners to the ACL website. Australian Christian Lobby. It's acl.org.au. You'll be able to get some resource. Uh, you'll be able to monitor what's going with updates on these issues in your particular state or territory or community. And uh, you'll be able to participate in whatever initiatives are going there so that you can get your voice heard. Wendy Francis, National Director of Politics at the Australian Christian Lobby. Wendy, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. 
Thank you, Neil. Always good to talk to you. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.